Shuffle. Shuffle. Hello everyone and welcome to a delayed episode of Kill Shuffle. Mm-mm-mm. I'm Donald. I'm Dylan. And I was ill. I wasn't. <laughs> I could have been. Easily. <laughs> if you just tried harder. The weather has been ill, that's for sure. Oh yeah. Uh, I'm not uh, not Tim Westwood ill. I mean, oh. it, sickness ill. We sound like a normal radio station now. That's great. <laughs> we do. We s- Bar the flushing sounds. <laughs> we're starting to sound like our idol, Tim Westwood. Um... <laughs> But yeah, apologies for the delay. Uh, but we're we're only a few we're only a few days behind, and it's given us a chance to get a little bit more acquainted with yeah. the five gigantic releases that we're covering this week. We, I, I think, even though it's it's fewer albums in one week than we've covered before, there are a lot of big hitters this week that we wanted to cover. Right, mm. so yeah. we have uh, dispensed with our time machine segment for one week. We won't be looking yeah. back at an older album, but the albums that we are covering include uh, Failure The Smashing Pumpkins Muse Can't Swim and Architects in no particular order hell yeah (laughs) (laughs) but they're all new albums that came out in the last two weeks that we're going to cover Um, Dill we are definitely winding down towards the end of the year Mm. and it feels like this is maybe the last gasp of big headline releases is there anything else before the year end that you're looking forward to yeah Okay. But, but that, I'm going to surprise you with that. Okay. <laughs> Albums that you, I hope, will love, but I'll leave it till the end, after the rush is over. Okay, because this, this is our penultimate episode yeah. before we um, close up shop for December and, and look at our albums of the year. So I, I know for a fact that I've got one more I want to cover this year, definitely. Uh, the Redneck Manifesto okay. coming out with their first album in a very long time, I think at least 10 years. If we can fill in another one, we can. We should. Oh yeah. yeah, 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 yeah. No, no harm, no harm. But I think at, at a certain point we do need to lock in 2018 and um, and figure out what were the best albums. Mm-hmm. And some of these may well make it on the list. So let's uh, yes, let's get let's let's get straight there, to it. I don't know if there's a theme for this. There's no theme. There might be. There's no. There's no. There's no sanity. There's no yeah. theme. There's no through line. We just gotta make of it what we will. Bands that ought to be good is my theme. <laughs> and sometimes are. Okay. So first off, uh, this band needs no introduction. They're, I would say, probably the most covered band on this show by now. Yeah. Is is that fair? For the layman, they need an introduction. But right, well, we've I, covered them three times already this yeah, year. I, I, so. Failure is the band. Every time we talk about them, we give you a little primer. Formed in 1919 in Los Angeles... Uh, three critically acclaimed albums in the 90s before splitting up and taking tons of heroin uh, it's Greg you know, Ken Andrews who weirdly you know what I discovered in the meantime since the last time we covered them Goa. had a song on the Surf's Up soundtrack <laughs> yeah well, I, I work in a theatre and it was just I just heard Ken Andrews singing in the foyer and I was like what the I don't even know this song. I asked the girl. Did he get the voice of Penguin? Works or? the box office. No, he wasn't on the. He just he wrote a song specifically for the Surf's Up soundtrack. It's really good. It's 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 a really light Ken Andrews uh, songs of the Lost Satellite type. Oh, song. It's good. The workings of a great musician um, to make anything good. Yeah. So he's a singer. Uh, Greg Edwards, also of Auto Lux fame, is on bass, and Kelly Scott is the drummer. We've already covered three quarters of this album. Yeah. Fairly shapey and weird. Yeah. Not, uh, not quite shaping up, but I had my feelings. Dressing down. Yeah, yeah. In a sultry manner, but <laughs> around the time of the third EP, I was like, oh my God, this makes sense. Almost. 
Yeah, and now yeah. what does it make? You can almost see the word yeah. for the trees. What it makes is a... D- yeah. Dylan shamefully playing music on his phone that could get us copyright infringement hey, under five seconds <laughs> um, no. Toby Fox isn't going to hit our ass <laughs> he's, he's, no he's not um, I have to give you credit first before we start talking about the album I have to give you credit uh, as soon as we had the first three pieces uh, each EP was named after a certain number of words from the title so it was called uh, the first EP was called In the Future then Your Body Will Be and then the first thing and the first thing you out of your straight from your brain to the mic from, was from my mind was from, from my from, mind from your mind yeah and that's what it's called mm-hmm. in the future your body will be the furthest thing from your mind bit of a mouthful but yeah. that's what it wound up being yeah um, and actually I uh, now that I've lived with it for a few <laughs> weeks I really like it and now I feel like such a douchebag because I see some comments on their page they're like oh I can't believe I guessed that as well I was like mm, a lot of chin scratchers as well uh, be, well okay <laughs> I mean it, it, there's hardly anything else it could have been. Yeah, yeah. If yeah. I think about it, yeah, yeah. I, it's true. It's true. But you still, I still didn't think yeah. of it. Um, but now back to your point. Yes. We were both positive about these EPs as they came out. We were growing as a release structure. I was. I felt that the jury was out because we were judging what has turned out to be a complete piece of art, an hour long album in chunks and I don't like consuming albums in chunks before again I feel especially when it's my favourite band in theory yeah one of my favourite bands well certainly it's my most listened band um, and one of my absolute all time favourite bands was that a mistake or was that a good idea to release the album in chunks Um, I certainly looked forward to this release as much as I would an album release me too because I was like oh my god this it's kind of a weird cloak and dagger situation mm. where they've just proven that you can look forward to four songs as much as 16 songs yeah. in anticipation <laughs> but at the same time in a way yeah, yeah. in a way no um, you're right you're right you are right because I listened to the other three EPs with totally different tinted spectacles but that's the thing like legitimately how, how has this how has this how has this managed to shift our perspective uh, presumably you feel the same as me we've had these 12 songs for months at this point and somehow adding the final suite to the end of the album and then listening to it from start to finish has completely changed my perspective on those songs individually and then also how they all fit together yeah you know I feel you you get more accustomed to listening to them you get more attached to them whether you like it or not yeah because you're four songs at a time anticipating the next release and it it feels it feels a lot nicer in a way yeah which just sounds weird to say because Kill Shovel is kind of an album <laughs> thing but I guess yeah. it still is it still is that no it, it, it definitely is um, do I think in retrospect they should have released this album conventionally from a publicity perspective yes because they have received far less publicity on this their second comeback album than they did on The Heart is a Monster this has not really been picked up by the press as much. Okay. Um, and I personally prefer not to have this be put in this situation where we're trying to review things as individual components, which we were, and we kind of had this thing where we were like, okay, there's kind of one experimental song, mm. one classic failure, one ballad and one segue. And, and it almost felt like it was a bit cookie cutter when we were going EP by EP. Whereas in the context of the album now, now that I've heard it all, it all just, it's like a magic eye puzzle has suddenly come into focus. I don't see it as as a, as a repeating cycle. I just yeah. see it as 16 or 17 
fucking amazing songs. Mm-hmm. The songs I was lukewarm about, I uh, like a lot more. That's Me too. For damn sure. Like Me the too. first EP, I think you, you guys remember, I was kind of like, oh shit. Yeah. <laughs> but now I'm like, oh shit. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> yeah because Dark Speed. Kind of a slow, unique build up. Yeah, like, this, like a like, brooding, dark. Uh, like, first song is like. Monochrome, yeah. Good. yeah. First song is like, this is not your usual failure. Mm. And that, looking back, is definitely. Um, definitely a, a precursor to what was what is not a usual failure album for the most part I mean bits yes are typical but it seems like a an evolution like like just a an actual evolution of the, of the band a it refinement as well a refinement that's what I'm going it's an evolution yes um, it's funny we haven't even really spoken about what again failure It they're, they're kind of they were lumped in a little bit with grunge at the start of their career but they're not really they're more mm. space rock meets alternative rock with a really interesting bent I don't know how to yeah. it's hard to describe but when you hear it you'll understand yeah. um, I think this album is certainly surpasses The Heart is a Monster which felt like I- lots of almost spasms of creativity that were coming from lots of different angles and lots of different places I love that album I think it's a fantastic comeback I haven't, I haven't actually gone back so I've got, I went back to it today I think it's a brilliant album but I think it's it's clearly the work of a group that were split apart for I think it was it ended up being like 18 years or something along those lines it was something some crazily long amount of time 97 97 to 2015 so whatever that is yep. um almost learning to play together again and I know the way they they created that album was piecemeal whereas even though this was released piecemeal this has the feeling of something that was planned out meticulously from the very start to flow from beginning to end from once they finished that album they probably picked this up like mid-tour oh yeah totally so this is the groove this is the juice that's flowing for real this is yeah the production is just seamless from one song to another and Failure have all this this box of tools that they've developed over the years. Um, they're pulling from... I didn't hear this as much on Hard as a Monster. They're really pulling from uh, even as far back as Comfort. They're pulling from Magnified. They're pulling from Fantastic Planet. Mm. There's something new in the mix and they've learned how to utilise the things they do really well. Those three-note repeated um, distorted ringing chords that they play over and over again yeah. uh, the creepy picking on the the neck of the guitar yeah, it's all ba- that it's stuff. back to basics but they're kind of basics you know yeah but but just engineered to the point where it's uh, it's it's at its 100% proof distillation of what failure can do mm-hmm. you get that I mean you get that on songs like Paralytic Flow No One Left um, Heavy and Blind Found A Way uh, those are kind of the heavier songs, I guess. Well, yeah, Distorted Fields. Yeah, it's pretty fucking banging. Oh yeah, but that's the, that's the evolution. Yeah, I'm yeah. talking about the, that's that, that was the, the refinement. Surpri- that was that's the, the surprise. evolution. Oh, Definitely. big surprise. The prestige, I guess you call it. it just yeah, absolutely floored me. Yeah, how different it was. Yeah, and I think the the quote unquote uh, experiments here are more successful than they were on Hard as a Monster. Yeah, like the fourth EP, which is the end of this album. Mm. I guess. <sighs> God. really really totals that or in a good way like it sums it up this it's it's you, so hard to pick favorites you, okay. you saw what i put on on was it instagram P- was my favorite favorite possible favorite song of the year was the closer was, 
Yeah, it was the penal uh, electorate. Yeah. <laughs> like, oh it's such God. a weird name. Penial electorate, I think, because penial gland is in your brain. Yeah. And then electorate, obviously, like the voters. Um, that's, it, it's such an amazing song. Yeah. What did you hear? I, I heard what I always wanted the Beatles to be like, but <laughs> so yeah, it's on, Beatles worship in a very bizarre way. Well, actually, what I wrote at first was Greg Edwards' Take Me Now. Oh, because, okay. That makes sense. Yeah, that makes sense. Because Greg is singing on that track and it, it makes me wish he contributed more vocally in general because he's got such a great voice and he sings most on Autolux but yeah you're right Beatles I have in there for sure Bowie Pink Floyd ELO Super Tramp um, right down to the production yeah. on that track the first the first uh, half or the first kind of third of the song the drums are hard panned left the bass is hard panned right just like in the early days of stereo mm. and it gives it this amazing old school feel and then when everything yeah when everything kind of um, morphs into a modern production yeah. towards the chorus and the end of the song, it's just yeah, it's got like stunning. A, I don't know, androids dreaming of the apocalypse, looking down on Earth in space <laughs> kind of feel. That's vivid at all. <laughs> That's a great metaphor. Yeah. Mine was that it ends with a holding hands in a circle around the world. Yeah, no, it feels like an end times. Right, yeah, yeah, uh, while the anthem. world burns. <laughs> yeah, it's awesome. Um, it's it's absolutely amazing. It's a, it's a huge... It's 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 Beautiful like ballad. how I felt listening to the nurse who loved me. Yes, like just pure poetic, as timeless as the Beatles have ever been. Yeah, yeah. This is this is this is absolutely on a par, if, on a par with, if not better than the nurse who loved me. And I loved Mulholland. <laughs> that's so. Oh, that's a no. I'm saying it is. I agree. I think I agree. It's a. To be honest with you, this album overall, which we've covered in in you know we we have covered individual songs on previous shows, but. I think this is if, if it's not end, if failure's you, be, if it's not failure's best album it's within a hair's breadth. Yeah, it's close. Um you most know? consistent. Oh, uh, without a doubt. You know. I I'm not sure there's a shred of filler on here. What's your like <laughs> do what, I have any like What's your least favorite song? Shit, I guess it's probably uh the second song, Parallel Flow. Yeah, but I which really sounds which like sounds I kind of do. I really, but it's, I, it's it grown seemed, on me so much. It does. But I see what you mean. Yeah, 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 yeah. But I think the chorus kind of draws, goes on for a while, and then it comes back again. Same chorus. Yeah. But I do like that. But that that's barely <sighs> even a, a fault. I can't. I I really I find it so hard to. Is a it is a sad album. It, you can tell that they have a lot of baggage it's, on this album. As, yeah, as more than the last one, at least. Do Do you reckon? Oh yeah. Yeah. With the amount of like pseudo acoustic. Yeah. Um there's more much more yeah, there's love much more strung. Right. Heart, there's more heart sick yeah. ballads on this. And I, I've and I've heard there was a bit of like life qualms. Sure. And, and sad you know, typical life stuff happening, but yeah. Um there's so yeah, there's 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 definitely touchstones here I I've never heard on a failure record before. Um on that song What Makes It Easy I get a um Jeremy Enoch is that how you pronounce his name from uh, you know Sunny Day Real Estate yes but more so um, uh, The Fire Theft his, his, his later project that was full of lush strings and slow mm-hmm. ballads and stuff There's, that song really has the vibe of, of them and then on another post-human dream which is the first song of the final suite um, is almost sort of like a Mercury Rev lullaby meets mm-hmm. a Zelda village theme yeah you know? yeah that's it has a weird that yearning look, quality it. to it um, I get it Oh my god! It's very musical. In fact, this would make a great musical, as most failure albums would make a great musical. 
But this one, most of all, and that is no bad thing. And that's over Fantastic Planet, which is built upon a movie idea. Yeah, but there's more theatricality on this. You know, there's this yes, yes. sighing strings as, as, as on you Apocalypse hear the, As you hear in the last song, of course. And and, and the For, last song is the best example Force-fed rainbow as well, leading into that. The whole last EP yeah. definitely floored me. I yeah, wasn't me too. Ex- I wasn't expecting that. Because it was make or break, and it's it's made the whole thing. It's yeah. it's a, it's something to look forward to while you're enjoying everything that leads up to it. Um, you know, like the middle section is the middle section of the album is definitely the heaviest, fun, yeah, part of the album. Yeah. Then you've got all the all their different new colors. Yes. Around everything else, which is it's like a Oreo. Of <laughs> <laughs> the only I mean, failure. like again, if I had one minor criticism I, okay. I think this now that I've heard the whole thing I think the set I can understand why the segues are so ambient and so um experimental and kind of backgroundy because the the album is is such that you know the songs are all really really memorable compositions and you need something to take a break in between but on previous albums particularly I mean Fantastic Planet and again listening back to Heart is a Monster generally speaking the segues almost are little kind of mini songs they have melodies and and things to them whereas on this album it's much more it's if it's anything it's drones and then sound effects but that's yeah. fine it's I do like it it, gives, it it helps them work in chapters which is their strength yeah and, and and I cannot wait to get this LP in the post yeah you did um, you did I was hesitant and now I regret not doing it well <laughs> when I looked at what I paid for it back in the I don't know the end of 2017 or whatever when this ple- the pledge went up I was like oh thank god I'm not paying that now but I'm very excited it should be arriving in the post in a few weeks and yeah. I might pick it up when yeah. it's in shops hopefully it's in shops if this is in Tower Records I will be so happy yeah that would be amazing yeah you know? and it's another thing as well that's so small but I was so not impressed by the EP covers as they came out I just thought they were lazy and just didn't inspire yeah. me at all but seeing the 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 way that they look is um a almost head, like a it's, a it's a headless astronaut or his head is floating off right but oh. done done as if it's a star chart yes the astronaut i think is a star, star is the star sign maybe uh yeah or whatever yeah. it is but but you know it's 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 done in a really in a really sort of simplistic um vector art star mm-hmm, chart mm-hmm, mm-hmm. F- but with but with the title of the album in the middle and then as you say that the astronaut um created by all these varying uh, points and lines yeah. it just looks fantastic i actually love the album right yeah, now. each song is a planet in, in a star system yeah. outlining oh it's great yeah really. yeah and and, and, each, and each obviously yeah, each star is named after a song on the album um there's i don't know if i've I just can't wait to keep listening to this album as my life goes on i just see this is an album that i will always listen to the songs on this album are yeah. unassailable mm. and i love the way I'm going to eat apart in the best way the uh, last song is that when it yeah. splits into a totally different thing the very last two minutes oh. it goes up a notch yeah oh, then it, it like choral singing comes in I'm pretty sure Ken starts singing as well yeah it's, it's awesome That and then, then, and then the way it, it sort of bleeds out into static at the end but yeah. that final refrain on you could finish your Glockenspiel or whatever you could finish like a career on that song oh yeah like I'd, I'd gladly that's that's yeah. It does feel it does feel like the end the end scene of a of a sort of an epic film. I guess. Hope it isn't. But like, even if this, hey, I 
put it this way. There was a time not long ago when we thought Fantastic Planet was the swan song of failure and we would have been perfectly happy with that. But to, if I knew five years ago that they had an album like this in them, I would be beating down the door begging yeah. them to come back. We, you know we, what I mean? We get to live their ending career we, as opposed to yeah. that at five years of age instead. Right. But yeah, <laughs> it's so weird yeah. to think that a band that released their what people would consider their classic albums when we were basically young kids um, are actually in their most creatively fertile period now. Mm. You know, if you want to take, say, a three album curve, Heart is a Monster, uh, In the Future, probably the furthest thing from your mind, into whatever comes next. I am so excited for that. And if that means bringing Greg in on vocals more, having more of that, uh, yeah, like you say, really musical-esque songwriting style I'm fine with that because mm. um, they have like uh, I, I reference this all the time but it's a good example I like Anso Fire did with The Endless Shimmering mm-hmm. this is a band who know who have worked at their craft to the point where they they can play their fans like a fiddle you they know? can only make great songs. <laughs> that's it. Yeah, <laughs> that's, yeah, yeah, yeah. That's, it's so frustrating. There's no, there's no uncertainty on this album. There's not a foot out of place. Everything is exactly where it me- it needs to be to serve the whole record. And I am so happy. What's your favorite fucking song, man? I don't. Ah, I don't know. And why is it? And the last eleven song. out of ten. <laughs> oh right, yeah, yeah. yeah. <laughs> no, oh, you know we can't give spinal top scores. Is the last song your favorite? Um. The, well, oh, the flavors. There's many flavors. Oh, so many flavors. Favorite chill song and favorite heavy song. How about that? I'll do it for failure. Yeah. I'll do it for failure. Yeah. I think favorite chill song is definitely the last song. Same. Pina La Electric. Um, my favorite heavy-ish song is probably No One Left. Nice, nice. Mm-hmm. Um, mine's Distorted Fields. Oh, I love my industrial. Yeah. Uh, this is a ten out of ten. Oh, it's a ten out of ten. If that wasn't obvious by now, I mean, oh, sorry. Can I ring the the air, or blow the air horn? It's a double ten out of ten. Twenty out of twenty for failure. <laughs> yes. We should really start doing that. Anyway, we'll discuss having it out of twenty. We've got, we've got to. We've got the little guy over there. <laughs> oh, yeah, oh, sorry. Yeah. Is he on? Yeah, Tomatone. Is he? Uh, we have a Tomatone here. This is a little peek behind the scenes, everybody. Close enough, huh? Yeah, might have to fix that in post. It's a, it's a little... It's a, little, it's a, little, it's it's a, a little, Japanese uh, hand synth. It's a Japanese a little singing plastic note with a smiley face. Yeah. Anyway, we just got too excited there. Yeah. Um, the album is called yeah. In the Future Your Body Will Be the Furthest Thing From Your Mind. It's by a band called Failure. And if God. you haven't heard it, you got to hear it. And I'm so happy <laughs> one of my bands. <laughs> yeah. One of my bands released a great, great album this year. My band. One of my comeback bands. <laughs> because there's been a few... Oh. And uh, what's the next band? Speaking of comeback bands, Smashing Pumpkins. Yes. Okay. All right. Who so technically not come back, but they have come back. Okay. Mm-hmm. Smashing Pumpkins. They're from Chicago. Yes, they are. They've been kicking around since 1988, mm-hmm. and they. This is some dispute about this. They've made ten studio albums. Yeah. They seem to be a band that, that picks up concepts where they do multiple albums on a certain theme and then end up having some of them be half albums some of them be albums that are two hours and, and it's hard to kind of now it's now yeah. it's coming out that like I'm not sure if you you remember Machina 
I certainly uh, do. It's being remastered at the moment, along with every other album. I've heard that, yes. And uh, it's being fleshed out even more. Great. Because it was going to be a trilogy. Oh, so really? So Machina 2 and then Machina 3's music is coming out. So, And that was just kept in a drawer somewhere for years. Yeah. Hundreds upon hundreds of songs they keep under under different albums. So, wow. Yeah. So we we did, we covered Machina there 2000. Um, you could probably call it a double album. Um, back on the show, I would say probably about a year ago now give or take ish yeah yeah give or take and that was my beyond beyond listening to melancholy maybe once and knowing the singles that was kind of my first foray into smashing pumpkins and now i feel like i'm a little bit of a casual fan i've given um siamese dream a couple listens i think i'm gonna listen to gish um not bad but this is the new album and it's called I don't have written down. There's been a few other albums in between, but yeah. No, no, I know, I know, I know, and I, and I, I wouldn't claim to be a big, f- you know, I'm not, I'm not no. a diehard or anything. I don't know no. all of their stuff at all. This is the new album. It's called God Help Me, um, Shining Oh So Bright, Volume One, LP. No, l- no <sighs> light, no stars, no sun. I think so. It's got so many names. I um, don't know. And this is the first in uh, of the what you would say reunion lineup of Smashing Pumpkins featuring all of the original lineup mm-hmm. but Kim what's Kim does uh, Retsky she's, she has a French name yeah so you, you, you're close Kim anyway yeah. Uh, who, um, yeah who was the vi- yeah last time we saw Jimmy was in 2007's Zeitgeist which right. is my second favourite Smashing Pumpkins album okay and the lead guitarist from that album is still with him here Okay, great. So he's, he's along with the ride. So he's yeah. So he, he yeah. him being um, him being Jeff Jeff Schroeder. Yeah, Jeff Schroeder. Okay, cool. And then James Eha, who whose last Eha Eha yeah James Eha, whose last appearance would have been on the second part of Machina uh, yes. back in two thousand. Yes. Well, uh, this is and we've his he- return. We've heard him bounce around with, of course, uh, fucking uh, a perfect circle. Just recently this year. That's right. That's, that's, that's his right, last right. foray Just to clarify on the name of the album, I've, I've managed to pull it up in all of its glory. Shiny No, Shiny no So Bright, Volume 1, LP, No Past, No Future, No Sun. There mm, you go. Okay? Already forgot it. Hey, well, that's, I call it just, I just call it Shiny No So Bright. Um, is the first in a new series of albums um, by the Smashing Pumpkins, presumably with this new reunited lineup. Um, there seems to be a lot of controversy mm-hmm. uh, belly aching and yeah. griping over who is playing in the Smashing Pumpkins at any given time yeah. can you explain this to me because when you actually look at the credits on the albums it seems like 99% of all their music and lyrics is written by Billy Corgan the yeah. singer <laughs> so mm-hmm. why do people get so hung up on who happens to be in the band at any given time because I because genuinely ask because it doesn't sound like old Smashing Pumpkins and they're worried that he's bringing on people who don't make it sound like old Smashing Pumpkins okay <laughs> that's what that's what a butthurt fans okay is. and is there an argument to be made that regardless of who is in the band if Billy Corgan is writing the music that he will just take it in whatever direction he wants I, I, regardless I, of I, how it sounds I, I think regardless of how it sounds <laughs> whether you like it or not is always going to be Billy Corgan's fault if this is in a lot of people's <laughs> case diminishing returns it's totally Billy Corgan's fault and no one else's. <laughs> okay, all right. I, I'm getting, so, I'm sensing a theme here. <laughs> well, um, no, you, you got to think of it this way. I mean, I quite liked the Return albums. Okay. Zeitgeist and Onward. Zeitgeist was really heavy. Yeah. Um, it reminded me of Rush's last album, which was incredible. Prog right. rock, 
just balls to the wall, drop D stuff. Okay. Um. Then the sec. Then the. I think. Uh. Oh, geez. I'll have to go check up the. Yeah. Well, the last two albums they released before this. Uh, um, Monuments to an Effigy was one. Yeah. And uh, give me a second. Let's check here. <laughs> and uh, Oceana. Okay. Oceana. They're very experimental. Right. Seventies prog. Kind of reminded me of Gish. Okay. Actually. Cool. Um, which is funny to say because here's a here's a hot take. Those albums um, sound like more proper Smashing Pumpkins than the reunion eight track does. Yes. Uh, okay. They absolutely have more of the vibe. I have no perspective on mm. what is or isn't okay. supposed to be but I'm not gonna, Smashing Pumpkins. I'm not going to talk about them here. I'm going to talk about this. No, no, that's yeah. fine. And I, I don't see. I'm kind of a, a coming into this reasonably fresh. You've shown me Machina. I really, really liked it. I know a lot of the old stuff. Um, and they don't seem to fit very easily into a box. I think people tried no. to put Smashing Pumpkins into the grunge box. They are a grunge band, but they don't. They're much more pompous they're much more brash and overblown and dramatic and theatrical yes um and i would say varied than a lot of the grunge bands you know yeah with with smashing pumpkins you really almost don't know what you're going to get when you push play except for the fact that it may will probably fit into rock in some sense yes and sadly this doesn't pressing play instantly i don't think it quite does okay i think i think the first three seconds make a lot of fans quite quite Queasy. <laughs> uh, are you speaking specifically of wow, 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 wow? Yeah, his 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 woes. Yeah, his woes. That's the worst part of the album. It's such a <laughs> dreadful decision. Well, he shouldn't have done the bow wow wows. Well, that's him doing in it. Knights of Malta. I know he shouldn't have. He shouldn't have done it. Yeah. Um, because I think Knights of Malta, other than that, other than the bow wow wows, is a yeah. strong song. But it's a terrible song to pick for an opening track. Don't think it's a strong song. <laughs> I think it's okay. Well, we're probably going to disagree. Can you recall any lyrics? Yeah. Kicking you in the gut. <laughs> I probably could rattle off most of this album mm. off the top of my head. Um, but I think it's, I think, I think mm. it's a, that song is a real, has the kind of pomp and ceremony of a big mm. 90s Brit rock anthem yeah. by someone like Oasis or The Verve yeah. or, you know, uh, Ian, Ian Brown or something like that. Yeah, it definitely feels like it sucks the air out of the room. It, it sounds <laughs> pretty, pretty hollow off the bat, which is worrying. <laughs> Okay, well, uh, that's fair. I mean, Knights and Malta... <laughs> well, I get what I'm, he's doing. I'm split on Knights and Malta. I, I get what he's doing. I've seen fucking Tom Waits do this. I've seen... I've seen, I've seen Marilyn Manson do this. You know, yeah. the kind of thing. But it, sound, it sounds like a swan song <laughs> kicking off a reunion album. Yeah, no, which is I, not a good sign. You're not going to get many many disagreements from me there. I think Knights and Malta is probably... is actually definitely the weakest track. So, terrible opener... Uh, one point against the Smashing Pumpkins no question but generally speaking what do you think about the album because I'm going to talk about it in detail maybe in a minute but it sounds like you're super disappointed by this yeah it sounds for the most part pretty phoned in okay like like he had to just do this what about it mm, makes you think that just there's not a lot of love in the lyrics it's not very deep it goes by pretty fast comparatively to it the whole works including the album this before this right which which i thought i didn't like and then i listened to this compared to that and I actually still kind of like that album right quite significantly more you don't think the lyrics sound deep enough not quite 
not so not not, just, not up to scratch with Billy. I mean, as far as sort of esoteric, and I'm not saying this because the production put Billy up front row and center, which is normally not the case. Which, to be fair, we can probably put down to Rick Rubin's oh, yeah. style. Blame, uh, blame Rubin. If I'm not. Bl- I'm not blaming him. I think. No, no. I, no, I, I think. I think his album sounds really good. Um, it sounds. Yeah, yeah. It Rick Rubin. Tight. Rick Rubin has both wonderful and truly disastrous things to his name. I think. I think on some, if you take out the fact that you usually need to buy the vinyl to get something with any kind of dynamic range, yeah. Rick Rubin, generally speaking, is a really good producer who can pull out the essence of an artist mm. and boil it right down to its substance, which I think is kind of what he's done here. Yeah, I don't think that's good though with Billy Corgan. Okay, because I I think him being a collaborative artist. Like old times, I hate to beat that horse again, but I right. think that brings out his inner creativity a lot more than than one guy getting him solely to bring out his creativity for an album. I don't think he can carry an album on his own. But has like he that. has he not carried them all? That's what I'm failing to understand. Like, but it's it seems in this album he is honestly <laughs> lacking something so strong that the other albums had. He's no longer a rat in a cage. <laughs> okay, okay, rat in a cage. Let's start there. Bullet with butterfly wings, I think, is a seven out of ten song. It's fine. I think there's a song on here. If I could just find what it is, you're gonna hate me for saying this. Uh, there's a song on here. Um, Solara. So first, first it was a, it was a lead single from this album, right? First, I heard when I first heard it, I thought it was okay. I thought I wasn't fussed. Every time I hear that song, I like it more. It's this huge, ferocious grunge banger with not one but two great choruses. Mm. It's it's pummeling. It's driving. It's got a huge amount of energy. The drumming in it, oh, I'm, app just blows me away every time. I, What's I'm, then, Jimmy I'm, Chamberlain? Yeah, I'm so happy he on occasion gets to let loose on this album. It's incredible. Yeah. To always hear him, it's, he's he's a formidable guy. His drumming Drums. on that track is amazing, and I think that might be that or marching on are tied for like my yeah. favorite turned up heavy Smashing Pumpkins yeah. song. Sue me. That marching on. No, I I, yeah, I agree with you. Marching on is like this foot to the floor, burning rubber, speeding down the motorway verse, and then this expansive textured space rock type yeah, chorus. Yeah. It's, it's a Metallica breakdown and then it's over. <laughs> yeah, one of the one of the heaviest things Smashing Pumpkins have done. That's in an a, album that is yeah. essentially not heavy yeah. for the most part at all. But it's it's um, punctuated with these these like points, Solara, super heavy. That that chorus, the way that the chords build up and up and up as it goes on, is so exhilarating. Marching on is super heavy, and yeah. then seeking you, seeking you shall destroy at the end. You know that has riffs. That actually yeah. has riffs. I was I was pretty surprised. It's got chugs. It's got aggression. It's got a chorus you just can't get out of your head. That yeah. say can you sell destroy? Nah, I love yeah. that. Um, like uh, marching on has a kind of uh, feel. Uh, you know the song Zero. Yeah, yeah, right. Yeah, it has what they do best. Um, and I like it. It sounds pretty polished. Oh, for Smashing Pumpkins, very polished. Like, like, do you like, think? I think it sounds a little looser around the edges. That one, I think, I think the heavier stuff does sound like it could fall apart if yeah. it, you know. If well, the, I'm, the just, I'm just saying, I really hear Rick Rubin's footprint on this album. It's so mm. clear if you, yeah, if you just hear 
everything else before this. I have. Yeah. And not everything. Not everything. And I will. I want to go just back. Billy, Billy's vocals, for the most part, are used more... Where were used more so as an instrument. Mm. Whereas in this, it's he's meant to seem more like a pop singer. He's not. <laughs> he's, he really ain't. <laughs> he serves the music. <laughs> I don't know. I just he, think... He's a good lyricist. So, I think maybe whether you love or hate this album might come down to... Um, it, that song, Travels. Because it's... It's syrupy sweet, it's saccharine, it's entirely in the old style of songwriting where I don't it's think not it is. based on how the, I what I mean is I mean oh, it's like just in, general. I mean really like really mm. old school, like fifties and sixties type songwriting mm. where it's you know, it wouldn't matter if you played it on guitar, piano, mandolin, ukulele, or an organ. It's it's just a song where it's all about the vocal melody and that's it. And for a rock band, that's really unusual because generally mm. speaking, it's about riffs, it's about sections, it's about energy. Yeah. But that song is, like we were saying with Fader, that song could fit into a musical as easy as it could into a Smashing Pumpkins album. And I fucking love it. I think it's amazing. Yeah, I quite <laughs> like it. I don't love it. I, yeah. I, I, in fact, heard a song exactly like this on this album beforehand. Okay. So. That's it, context it, I'm missing. Yeah, yeah. I think the last two albums are kind of key context, so it might be worth... C- Going back, it's for your sake. It's, it's yeah. I just think it would be very difficult for anything it, it, to put me off this. For album. me, it shows that Billy Corgan is kind of running out of ideas pretty fast. But then again, he comes out with songs like "Marching On" mm. and "One and All," which was on the album before this, which is that kind of huge yeah. riff laden thing. And you know, he still knows how to do that. But I think he's trying to get something a bit, a little bit different on this, which is. He's trying to fuse. He's trying to fuse Oceana and the last two albums with old Smashing Pumpkins. See, maybe which is, the, which is not yeah. a good idea in theory. See, maybe the thing about it is, is I, of what I've heard, I'm least fond of the turned up heavy Smashing Pumpkins because it's not the kind of heaviness that I generally speaking gravitate towards. I prefer the more '90s pop grunge, yeah. uh, sort of nostalgic type stuff that you get. There's a lot of it on. Um, uh, what are the songs off a machina that I'm thinking of? Uh, something about this try, t- try, 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 try. Um, this, I looked them up, but there's a few there's of them. A lot of them, yeah. But I feel like that's a vibe that gets um, that does kind of come up again and again. Uh, raindrops and sun showers, and uh, this time particularly, yeah. it, it's that kind of yearning, nostalgic ballad that I mm. really, really like, and you get quite a few of them here. Yeah, um, uh, I think alienation here sounds pretty fucking woeful it, it's it sounds like a b-side from the last two albums which i don't know why that kind of song is on a uh, an eight track album that's 30 minutes long with the old band it, it has no place to sound like what we just heard with totally different people yeah like i should be hearing something that is the guys which you hear in marching on of course mm. and solara yeah to an extent, I, th- I think I think he's, I, th- I think that kind of that song for me uh, falls on Corgan's l- lyrical delivery at points. I think he kind of rambles a bit. Oh yeah. Um, with with words that sound like alienation and annihilation and stuff like that. Oh, on on alienation, alienation and and uh, and Solara and Solara. I okay. Think I think it's the second chorus in Solara that kind of runs dry a bit for me. And then it builds to a solo that doesn't happen, or at least it's two notes. 
Right. So that's that's using James E. Howe to its best. <laughs> yeah, I see. And the yeah. third guitarist, which, by the way, my other problem is... Okay. doesn't sound like three, three incredible guitarists anymore. It sounds like one brick wall. Um, for the most part see I yeah I'm not I'm not, listen, been... I'm not listening out for any of this I don't I'm not do you know I'm not trying to maybe I would be feel like this if it was a I especially do I was more familiar with well I especially do with heavy songs because I want to see how can they bridge off a riff and and yeah. they don't seem to go anywhere different these songs seem to run dry pretty fast. Mm. Um, e- no. Even the last song. <laughs> okay. Even the last song, which I do like. I yeah, do yeah. really like. Yeah. It runs dry pretty fast. It's only two minutes. Yeah. <laughs> I know. Okay. Last. But, yeah. yeah. No, that's fair. Um, yeah. Last thing now that I'm, just after having this conversation, I'm super interested to hear is what do you think of uh, Silvery Sometimes Ghosts? Yeah. I love, I, I love the song. Um, I, I think it's a bit more of a bit of a pastiche of old, things already done better um and i think he's kind of aware of that judging by what he's saying to fans who are questioning about it okay he takes q a's on what's he been saying uh yeah essentially is kind of kind of in that vein like that's that the kind of song yeah i mean it's good like i think we stated this before it's it's just a type of song that smashing pumpkins right yeah um i think it's a bit samey throughout it it, it kind of it kind of rides on the same eighths. Those kind of, those kind yeah. of. I never. You know the chords. You know the chords. Oh, I know exactly. It's it's it's, it's the like chorus is the verse is the chorus. It's like the, six chords. It's yeah. like four chords in quick succession, and then Jimmy Chamberlain like catches the fifth chord with his uh, with his hi hat. And I enjoy it sonically. It sounds beautiful. This this album sonically sounds great. Like yeah. like the effects are cool. The even even. Uh, with sympathy, which which uh, doesn't really go anywhere, <laughs> it's a bit of a whimper. Sounds pretty nice. Yeah, I like, yeah uh, yeah. No, that's 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 another one that's right in the in the Machina style. You know, of just laid back. Like a lot of the still, a lot of the still has that. Um, but I think the choruses the choruses are not memorable lyrically. Um, I, I I don't know. It just seems like a lot of missteps. Okay. But there's still three three or four pretty good steps. All right. But out of, you know. And, and that's the last thing is of this, before we go into our favorite songs. Okay. Um, brevity is a quality that I had never attributed to Smashing Pumpkins, and I think it suits them well. Um, I'm all for, if you feel like you need to express yourself by putting out, you know, an hour and a half long, two hour long album, be my guest, do it. But if you can express yourself concisely and squash your musical ideas into a nice, tight, compact package, I prefer that personally. That's what they've done here. Yeah, your mileage may vary. I don't mind it. I, like I just, but it's half an hour. I th- just think four of the eight songs are crap. <laughs> so okay, yeah. Well, what is your favorite song? Uh, marching on, marching on. Cool. And with sympathy, because that sounds. Or sorry, seeking you shall destroy. Yeah. So the like kind of towards the end. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Um. My favorite song by the Smashing Pumpkins yes. is Silvery Sometimes Ghosts. Yeah. I know, I saw that. I saw I it. I, I've seen this already. Absolutely adore that song. I think it's. I just think it's amazing. I can't pinpoint what it is that I love so much about it, but. Oh, it has a good feeling. It's got the vibe of 1979. No question about mm-hmm. that, but I think it's better. 
song. I think it's no. Yes, for I, me, for me it is. For me, because I don't have this emotional connection that everybody seems to have. Well, I don't think it's a better written song because 1979 has m- more moving parts to it. That's the thing. I just think this song is everything that I I like 1979, but I wouldn't. You, you want the condensed version. You you want the uh, glu- gluten free? No, it's not seventy nine. It's not. It it's it's feels. not. It's not lactose intolerant. It's not anything. It's just another song of that type that I happen to prefer. Yeah, yeah. I think I think the chords are amazing. Not, I shouldn't be knocking a favorite song from this. It's fine. I just know. think it has this yearning quality. I think mm-hmm. that mm-hmm. you know we're in the middle. That hook that kind of comes back and again and again just burns its way into your brain in a good way. Um, I absolutely adore that song. I think it's a standout on an album of songs that I actually pretty much uniformly love. The only song that I'm somewhat lukewarm on is Knights of Malta. And the only part that I don't like is the Bow Wow Wows. I think the rest of it is actually very <laughs> strong. Yeah. I love the way the strings are integrated all the way throughout this album. I think Rick Rubin did a really good job of distilling down what Corgan does mm. into songs where there's still room for riffs and things like that it's not very an experimentation but not very much of it it's really this is like it's not a lot of riffing on this album i'll say that no but that doesn't bother me because that's not what i what i enjoy about what i've heard from the smashing pumpkins so that's my i've said my piece we're clearly gonna give this totally different scores maybe (laughs) but i in a stunning upset um Mm. have yeah. thoroughly enjoyed this new yeah. comeback release for a lineup that I have absolutely yeah. no real connection I th- with. I think it's the antithesis of what Failure did. I, I'm pretty sure. But Failure never had any... Well, it, by that... Li- Failure, Riot is a collective and they have never had a quote-unquote yeah. classic lineup that's changed. Well, I think I've and gotten they to see... produced themselves. <laughs> I mean, I've, got, sure I've gotten to see Billy's you know the Billy regress, regression into playing the same old same old for albums now okay and to imagine that he's still doing that even with his old band back is yeah it is is it feels like his juices are running slow pretty fast like i don't think the songwriting's up to scratch like i i remember these songs but i guess that's because they just released yeah <laughs> and like i can just go back listen to everything else they've done mm. um which is i like if you've heard the other once you get to hear the other albums you'll realize but that i feel these like songs I've heard, have been done i feel like i've heard the ones that everybody always talks about you know apart from what's the one that nobody even really seems, seems to like amor or something or oh yeah yeah, yeah. like even you know well, that one that one like the ones that, one that everybody love. seems to agree are great are gish uh Siamese dream. I don't think everybody agrees. Melancholy. On. Okay, maybe not. I think on. I think a lot of fans are pretty. They don't like Siamese dream. No, no. I mean, th- they tend to be very brutish with with Billy Corgan, and I used to yeah think that was like what what why he's he's just you know even up till the last album I was like okay yeah come on he still has a bit more I don't know I just it, you know I just, I just wanted to push play and hear some good songs and that's what I heard yeah so, you I, know, I did. No, um, um, not much of a history, but just that I really like these songs. So I'm just, I'll kick it off. I'm going to give it a nine out of 10. Oh, that's, yep. that's awful. I'm going to give it a that's, nine out of 10. That's pretty, pretty, pretty weird. Corgan made me feel um, stuff. Sorry. Yeah. Uh, I don't even think he made himself feel stuff singing this. <laughs> Honestly. Like, wow. it, it, like the if the first song is any proof in that pudding, 
that he, he he wouldn't do it if he didn't. Well, you know, I mean, that's conjecture, but uh, he just he doesn't take what the fans. I, I don't mean to sound like that, but like he does not give a shit about what the fans want. That's fine. which I don't mind in some cases. Score the bitch. But I think sometimes he should really just kind of, you know, rethink his writing. Uh, you know, I'm fine. I'd, I I'm get another eight albums like this. I'm good. No score. Uh, five. Okay, five. All right. But half of the album is good. <laughs> okay. We got there. It was like pulling teeth. Yeah. All right. So that's the Smashing Pumpkins. I could go on for hours. Shiny and Oh So Bright and all the rest of the title. Yeah. Um, and a big four point yeah. swing between me and Dylan. I knew I had a, a feeling. Lot of, a lot of love is gone. A lot of love has just been created today on oh. my side. So. Well, I hope you can explore the rest of their catalogue. Because that stuff is still pretty good. Oh yeah, no, no. Hey, and hell, he's he's releasing another album that apparently sounds a bit more um, shoegazy, like Mackinac was. All right, so I'm that's a good sign. It. That's 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 calling home to daddy. That's, all right, <laughs> okay, that's enough. That's enough of that now. Yeah. But the Billy Corgan show is over. Please hey, do he, not adjust he, your set. He's a douchebag to his fans. I can be a douchebag to him. <laughs> it's okay. a vicious cycle. <laughs> all right. Now into very different terrains. Oops. That sounds so gross. Uh, that's just a, that was just a little carton of juice, everybody. Yeah. Okay. But anyway, another another well-established band. Yeah. Muse. Yeah. What have um, they done lately? Well, uh, Muse. Well, yeah. So Muse have been around uh, since 1994. So actually, probably much longer than anybody thought. Um, that puts them at uh, what 24 years in the music business that's a while 24 years in Muse this is their 8th album um, and they trade in bombastic high concept sci-fi Doctor yeah. Who prog rock with, yeah. pop, with a pop bent and yeah. have recently well, forayed into pop whatever times. they're watching on Netflix at the time they'll probably yeah get inspired by you and i uh you and i know a muse super fan yes we do uh, our beloved our beloved tim yeah used to be me on occasion when i was young growing up yeah i uh, liked i like quite a bit of their old stuff yeah so we, we talk in absolution era we talk in black holes and Revolu- revelations yeah era. a lot of that um this early stuff muscle muse- museum era yeah like just the whole like i have cds over there i have like yeah i can see like Four CDs of Muse recently. Yeah, I mean, there was a time where Muse was ubiquitous. Mm-hmm. Um, songs like Black Holes and Revelations, uh, Supermassive Black Hole, uh, other songs about black holes now, uh, Knights mm-hmm. of Sidonia. Mm-hmm. What are some of their other big hits? Um, uh, Starlight. Yeah. Uh, I'm picking all ones off the same album. But, uh, oh, the Uprising, yes, which yeah. we'll talk about later. Yeah. Um, yeah, they did huge, huge, huge. And even more recently, uh, you know, that song Mad Madness. Yeah, Madness, yeah. Um, um, uh, a, a secret they had some song called Secret Desires or something yeah. that was super popular back in the day so yeah so they've you know, Muse has been on the map forever oh, yeah. people are obsessed oh yeah the li- they have if you feel them they're absolutely radio bait yeah nowadays the only song that I can think of and this is just me being 100% honest with you the only song I can think of that I genuinely really like by Muse is Thoughts of a Dying Atheist I think that's a great song yes I like which is off a Absolution, lot, I believe, yeah, or, or Origin of Symmetry. Mm-hmm. Absolution. Like quite a bit of that album. I like I like the um like a um brash and unforgiving the guitar tones are in that. Yeah. 
it's really cool. That was more a power trio. I feel like now they've blossomed into more of a largely electronic inspired um, synth rock group. Yes. Um, My main qualm with them before we kick into this new album, which we haven't even named yet, which is called... Which is called Simulation Simulation Theory. Theory. Yeah. Um, My main gripe, I've never had that much of an issue with uh, the instrumentation. It doesn't do much for me, but it's really... Unless the song is stupendously amazing, I generally have an issue with Matt Bellamy's voice. Mm-hmm. I've never been able to get yeah. over the combination of Tom York with annoying vibrato. A human theremin. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> um, constantly sounds like yeah. a vole is trying to escape from his thorax. Yeah. Um, I don't feel the need to overdub a theremin with my own voice, but <laughs> Matt Bellamy does this in now, folds in this album. Now, there we go. We've beaten a dead horse even deader. Okay. I mean, more than any other album of Muse I've heard before. This one takes the cake in that respect. Yeah, he's it's the Matt Bellamyist Matt Bellamy album. Yeah, I, um, yeah, it's Muse at their campiest. Yeah, when when I guess I guess during their start they thought they were kind of a, a cool Star Wars movie or a cool sci sci fi, and now they're I don't know. They, as I said, Stranger Things-esque. Yeah, so um, so the theme of this album, well, I mean, they, they've kind of claimed it's a concept album in retrospect, but, yeah, you know, it, it's not really. What they've done is they've tried to tie everything together with this, I'm just going to go ahead and say it, absolutely hideous cover art that's supposed to be a pastiche <laughs> of Stranger, Stranger Things, things. 1980s. I, I actually think the artist who did Stranger Things did the art for this. <laughs> Okay, well, whatever. Which would be funny, but... Stranger Things art looks hey, great. We like 80s yeah. pastiche when it's done well. Yeah, this is supposed to be... Know, it's no. supposed to be reminiscent of Tron or, you know, an Atari yeah. game. Let's case. not judge a book by its cover, eh? No, 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 no. no, no but it does no. bleed into... The visuals of the cover very much bleed into what is bolted onto the front and end of this album. Yeah, I've I've seen, seen it. Yeah, you've heard I've it. seen this done quite a bit. I feel like I've heard nearly the exact... They use, you know, old school, what sounds like analog synthesizers uh, in the style of like Kavinsky or Miami Nights 1984 or if you want to go old school, uh, Vangelis or Tangerine Dream. But so... And this is... It's almost... It's almost exclusively contained within the first minute and a half of the album and the last kind of three minutes of the album. And there's little yeah. tiny nods to it in the middle. But generally speaking the sort of Muse Go 80s outrun synth is over, an overblown claim. Is that yeah. fair? Yeah. It's, a, it's just a, it's a goofy Muse album. It is. And for that, the most that, part. I, I give them props for embracing the silly. At points? Yes. You know, you know if you're going to go, go full, you know, go full on, which they do. Yeah. Uh, they experiment quite a bit that's that's more props they, they do a lot of um like propaganda has some weird kind of acoustic guitar stuff which is kind of by beck beck oh <laughs> it's it's cool in fucking theory simulation theory yeah i see that, that that's the thing is a lot of the parts that i made at first made my ear prick up and go this doesn't sound like muse is precisely because it sounded like something else yeah. specific. Like, like <laughs> let's say... Uh, well, the, well, for example, the start of Get Up and Fight just sounds like... Do you remember that, do you remember that um, really annoying novelty trance pop hit uh, two times? 
doop, 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 yeah, doop, yeah. that was on the radio all the time back in 1999. Yeah. Well, the start to get up and fight is just like doop, 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 doop. Yeah. <laughs> I, I, f- I thought I liked that at first. First mm. listen, I was like, is, is this my favorite song in the album? And then I was like, no, it ain't. It's because uh, kind of Bon Jovi ish. It is. It is. Of course, it's fine. Yeah, and Thought Contagion might as well be an Imagine Dragons song. Absolutely. Thought Contagion. The chorus. Is goofy, theremin fun. Well, with the actual drums. It is. Which God love the poor drummer. I think his name is Dominic. Poor guy. Um, Hardly gets to do anything on this album. But Thought Contagion has actual drums, a little bit of a guitar in it. Lyrics are dumb as rocks, but I think they're a little bit self-aware, so it's fine. Um, There's <laughs> okay. a little bit of an edge to it. There's a little bit of fire in the belly. I like the chorus. I actually really like Thought Contagion. Yeah. Apart uh, from the reference to the Holocaust. Yeah, it sounds kind of Doctor Who-ish, which I always like. <laughs> but it really sounds like Imagine Dragons. I actually, one of those guys that says, I think Imagine Dragons have, there's like four or five songs in their first album. Yeah which they've always yeah. been a pop band but there are a few Magic Dragon songs actually I don't mind you know that's okay so this is be- I that's think fine. I think Thought Contagion is best of a bad bunch yeah but this is Muse this is freaking they're, they're juggernauts of the of the of, uh, broadband <laughs> a service provider yes. ad world yeah, yeah. <laughs> so make it that what you will yeah um, I, it's fine Magic Dragons isn't the first thing I want them to take from I just don't want I just don't want nods to the Holocaust in my songs about um, you know which kind of sound like a really basic they all sound like really basic the lyrics are sort of the most for basic the, YA sci-fi for the third time <laughs> they are talking about uprising and rebelling yeah yeah and, yeah, and yeah things yeah. like that yeah and uh, they're also singing in a very similar manner blockades like, has a very similar melody like line propag- to propaganda is absolutely like beating a dead horse yeah they've already told to like riot for like eight years ago yeah uh so that's a bit that's a bit weird i don't know if i prefer when weird. they're when they're beating the same old horse of everyone's out to get us and the world is made of robots or whether they're going into new territory which is even worse i i what did i like i liked the heaviness of blockades i actually quite liked how how chuggy the guitar gets in that maybe because it's the only kind of guitar that goes chuggy in this album maybe that's why i was kind of forlorn yeah maybe i to, just think to it, hear sounds his tone. Like, it sounds like one part knights of sidonia one part uprising yeah. and one part sort of queen that's probably it and it's fine yeah, that was like, okay, you're ending on a high-ish note. But that um, chorus, what's the... Remind me, or what's the chorus of Uprising again? Uh, boom, do, do, do. No, that's yeah, the verse. Yeah, it's kind yeah, of the same, they right? Will, I can't like, it's a very similar... The, the, the chorus in Blockades is almost, is yeah, almost it's, identical. It's, it's very, very operatic. It's very similar. Um, um, melodically speaking, I mean. Though um, I kind of like that. I kind of like listening to that song... Yeah, you probably feel similarly as I do about Talking Agent. Actually, that song comes on and I'm like, I'm into it. I don't mind it. I like it. I'm into it. Yeah, I'm uh, tapping my foot and I'm smiling. The Void made me chuckle because it might just be called, might as well just be called like, I don't know, The Upside Down or something yeah, like yeah. that. It's, it's <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. purely that <laughs> Stranger Things I think it's soundtrack. Per- yeah, it's perfectly, it's perfectly inoffensive. It's fine. I mean, we like the Stranger Things soundtrack, so yeah, yeah. Okay. Oh yeah, definitely. It's And it's, it's put it this way, I mean, The Void compared to something like Break It To Me, is fine because break it to me starts off break it to me break it to me starts off like a missy elliott song 
And then it, it like robs a line from Killing Me Softly by the Fugees. You know that line where it's like, nah, which is, again, a, that's just a line from another yeah. song. And then the ending is this laughable Fisher Price version of the dubstep breakdowns from Path to Totality by Korn. Yeah. It's like, it's like the middle of Narcissistic Cannibal, but everything has been turned down to like two and, uh, and the for guitar the, is broken. Yeah. <laughs> for, for people who have very, very hard hearing <laughs> or, or rather just sensitive hearing. I mean, if you're yeah. going to do, if you're going to do rock dubstep in 2018, you got to make it a little bit more, I don't know, aggressive and bombastic. It just sounds yeah. so meek and for me, frail. For, for me, Korn put a, a proper nail on that coffin. Oh yeah. In the best I think of ways. Patrally's, largely it's not their best album by any means but I think like some of their best songs are on that album but like, that, that yeah. for me ended dubstep as a genre to take from yeah <laughs> like I was like you this is like the peak yeah of what you could possibly mix with it and you probably fuck it up later but in the respectably yeah. early year of 2011 you know yes, what I mean yes. that's like at least they did it while dubstep was at its height some, rather than somebody did it and this is not Muse did not do it. Well, no, but that's that. what I'm saying yeah. is if you're going to jump on a bandwagon, it seems like the bandwagons they're jumping on in this album, which is that kind of vector graphics, it's, 1980s Tron stuff, is three years too late. And for the dubstep stuff, it's like 10 years it's too late. Like, I, I was. <laughs> it actually reminded me of. Um, I was listening to a uh, uh, Wreck It Ralph 2 review today. Oh, yeah. <laughs> and I don't know why, but this just reminded me of it, which is like they've been animating that movie for three years. Oh, a lot sure. of the jokes and internet jokes are pretty dated. Yes. And they can get very dated in three years. Yeah. So this like is even including something like, for example, right, even including something like Snapchat in your animated movie that you start animating in like 2015. Well, by the time 2018 rolls around, all of a sudden it's their right. stock is crashing and fewer yeah. people are using it. And like, all, it's just, it's so hard to follow a trend successfully, you yeah. know? And I feel this is this feels like the musical equivalent. Yeah. Mm. Development yeah. for too long, or or just I don't know. I just I just, I don't know. I just it, who produced it? Is that uh, a significant? Um, who produced it? You know what? It's it's our best friend and worst enemy, Rich Costi. Oh fuck! Who we have to thank for <laughs> the excellent mixing on um, the the big roar by uh, the Joy Formidable, but yeah. also have to curse and condemn for producing ellipsis by biffy claro ouch which which all but ruined one of my favorite bands so i guess this is just a really good paycheck yeah yeah well see the thing is he's worked it, with them it doesn't sound bad rich costi worked with them on black holes revelations yeah. i actually think he's even been with them as far back as absolution so he's like a long time muse producer so yeah nothing if, if anything this album is pretty crystal clear uh all the things that i want to hear i can hear all the things i don't want to hear i can hear even louder yeah so I, I, I can't know. believe we've been talking about this for so long and there's still two songs that are so egregiously bad that I almost can't bear oh I think th- I know the one. I can't even bear to think that I've heard them in is my life is it something life. human is that is one of them something <laughs> human it sounds like it sounds like it could either yeah. be a share B-side or the X Factor Christmas single and I can't decide which it's so bad and yeah. it's about Matt Bellamy that's when I was saying do I want him to talk about robots and aliens or do I want to talk about other stuff Something Human is just him being really sad that he's on the road. The video looks like some Eiffel 65 <laughs> shit <laughs> from Don't the you future. dare say a bad <laughs> word against my beloved Eiffel 65. But uh, I remember yeah. I, was, I was watching it on this couch with Tim. I was like, oh, new Muse video. You want to watch it? Was, was, was that the lead single? 
that oh was the first goodness. thing I heard. Yeah, that was the first okay. thing. All right. Oof. So I was like, do you want? No. <laughs> and I think, you know, when you ask the best fan of Muse that, yeah. you see their heartbreak in slow motion. Okay. And me in a way as well. But <sighs> it happened three, four albums ago. I actually haven't even leveled the most damning criticism at that song. And I've already called it a share B-side and an X-Factor Christmas single. It's so bad that it could be a World Cup song. Yeah. That's how I feel about something. <laughs> <laughs> and then and then the other song that I was I was gonna mention specifically, yeah, yeah, was um was Dig Down. Um, oh, which one's that again? It's the one that's the shameless ripoff of what's the song called? Freedom ninety seven by Primal Scream? There's a song it's Freedom and then some year. Oh I by do Primal know. Primal Scream is the song that it's shamelessly ripping off. But it uh, it just sounds like an ad for yogurt. Yeah, my mind buried that song. That's probably why I can't really remember it. Yeah, yeah. I mean, at the absolute best, it could be an ad for maybe some sort of uh, sim-only 30-day contract on a phone network or possibly the postal service, but I'm, I'm really leaning towards yogurt. Possibly my death warrant. <laughs> yeah. Uh, um, I wish I could find the name of that song that I think um, it sounds like, but I won't be able to because I yeah. don't know the name, but I thought it was called Freedom, but I could be wrong. Um yeah, in any case, it's not very good. No. <laughs> it's that song, you know, freedom, freedom, freedom. You know that song. Yeah, we'll listen to <laughs> yes, that show. Uh, and uh, I'm exhausted. Oh, yeah. <laughs> Almost as exhausted as I haven't even talked about it. who wore it better. Who wore Fame by David Bowie better? Muse or Marilyn Manson? Oh. I'm going to go ahead and say Marilyn Manson. Yeah, because he wrote, writes great songs. <laughs> what's 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 the song that sounds, that we were talking about on uh, Mechanical Animals that sounds like Fame by David Bowie? Don't Like the Drugs. Or, yes, it is. Yeah. Don't like, it is, I think it is Don't Like the Drugs. And that's, yeah, yeah it's a far better song than um, yeah. uh, whatever one it is here that sounds like uh, Break It To Me. Break It To Me. Yep. Um... Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's not. It's not, it's not my favorite album of the year. No, no. It's, it's <laughs> shockingly not even my favorite worst album because Actually, yeah. it's it's like not even poorly done. Um, you know, I, if yeah. this was poorly done, I'd be. I'd have a feel absolute feel day. Yeah. Um, but it's. Have we not had a feel day? Is no. that not what you call this? <sighs> no, that was Smashing Pumpkins. No, no. <laughs> you couldn't have a proper feel day because like I'm disagreeing with Th- you. This isn't even a fuck you. <laughs> like this like, is a fuck me. <laughs> yeah, no, honest, honestly, it's like I, I, it's, I can't even get angry anymore. They've they've done it three albums already to me. Dro- drones why, maybe a bit better, but yeah, there was two albums. The resistance. I'm kind of glad. Law. I'm kind of glad this is. I don't feel like I I can level that much vitriol at this album because it's just so goofy and patently, oh. objectively bad. It was, I don't feel like I'm hurting anyone's feelings, it's, really. It's not it's, offensively bad. Well... Is it not? Well, I do find it offensively bad, actually. Okay. Why? Is it, it, it discrediting would, their genius, which th- they are? You know, Matt y- Bellamy... I'm pretty sure for a few years he wrote some really fucking good songs. You know what? That's fine. And, <laughs> like, and it's never been to like, my taste, but I'm I kind of feel like if I'd hopped on the if I'd hopped on the actually listening to their albums seven or eight times to write a proper review of them on drones or the second law, I would just come across as a curmudgeon being like, Well, it's not for me. You know, the songs just don't make me feel anything. Whereas with this album, it's so patently ludicrous and just woefully rubbish. It's intentionally plastic. By yeah, by right. so many objective measures that I I kind of even feel with more all justified. the even with all the natural or, or even with all the acoustic instruments and stuff in there that make it sound a bit weird. 
Yeah. Still sounds pretty. Oh, it's well produced. It sounds beautiful. <laughs> well done, Rich. <laughs> it's just a shame the songs are crap. Yeah, yeah. Um, yeah, that's Rick, Muse. Rick and Rich. What you are you know doing? What? And, 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 I, and, I, and I, Tim, you know, I, again, maybe I've said some hurtful things here and I, yeah. I you know, you just because they're not for me. <laughs> I love the way you're apologizing to Tim. To Tim Yet like, you're not apologizing to me, the Smashing Pumpkins fan. No. But all the... V- I'm not gonna. I'm not gonna, I'm not gonna apologize my, for to my face. Something. <laughs> Say it to my face, man. Say it to my face. Tell me that you like their new album. To my face. No, I, I guess we both dislike this, so that, that's more of a. But you know what's you yeah. know what's really important, yeah. and I hope that I'm not speaking out of turn here. What's really important is that neither does Tim. Oh yes. Tim doesn't like this either. I did hear that? Which too. is why I feel more emboldened to um to squat down and squeeze as I have on it yes. in this review. Um my favorite song and i actually do quite like it again okay shouldn't really reference the final solution but really like thought contagion i think it's it's as close to goofy fun done right as this album has for me it sounds like another football song yeah 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 can't yeah can't deny that no Uh, can't deny that no can't deny that black hates because it sounds almost like nice yeah, yeah. Yeah, yeah and uh yeah that's a level that's a bar i'm willing to uh willing to stretch up to okay and now the ultimate question what are you going to give it out of 10 <laughs> oh, like is it more of a disaster then one more light by lincoln park no i was about to say smashing pumpkins but no oh wow because i don't know say so this is for me, that, this that's, is like, the, that's a fan dis- fandom disaster. This is this is not. This is like an all time. For me, this is like a this is like a podcast. Could possibly be the worst album we've reviewed. No, full stop. No, no. We, For me, I've reviewed stuff that you've liked quite a bit. No, no, I know. I've reviewed nothing. But you'll never ever get over the trauma of Calvin Harris. <laughs> yeah, no, Calvin Harris is better than this. I agree. Um, what did I give Calvin Harris? I think you gave it a I two. No, I think you actually gave it a three. But I think we, I think you may, I think you gave one more light a two. This is one more light. This is two. I. This is two. I agree. This is a two. I think this is. I think this is level. This is leveled the record um, with uh, with Lincoln Park. And again, at that point, we didn't know any of the context. Because drones. I remember Lincoln. Did you ever listen to drones? No, that was pretty rocking. Okay. It, It. It. I would have given it like something like a five okay. or a six. Wow, like you're really convincing me here to no, listen I mean, to it. No, I mean like comparatively, <laughs> okay. that's quite a drop All right, it's from uh, one album cycle. Yeah, it's twos all around for Simulation Theory mm. by Muse. Um, should you listen to it? I wouldn't. If you're a Muse fan, don't. <laughs> Run away. Don't. Let the first albums, the yeah. first few albums L- hold li- you at li- night. Listen to, um, uh, what is it, Harp, the live album. That's terrific. Okay. So good. And you know what? I might even go back as an act of penance and listen to Absolution again. And I will probably enjoy it. Um, okay. God, that was fun. Sometimes oh. it's good to be mean. So before this podcast, we wanted to end on a high note because I was like, I know this was going to happen. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah. So. Well, we've got, we've got, we've, we're going to, well, let's climb up to that high note because um, we've got two more left. We do. Um, let's talk about Can't Swim. Yeah. This is the new album. Oh. This two won't pass. All right. Yes. This two won't won't pass. This two won't pass. 
um, which is their second album. They're a band from New Jersey. They're actually a relatively new band from New Jersey. Yeah. Um, surprisingly so. Surprisingly so. They formed in 2015, and in that time, they've managed to release um, a very, very good EP. Yeah. And Went a, back to that. an album which only came out last year, which I was I was looking through my 2016 um, list trying to find it and actually came out last year. Yeah, that's what surprised me so much. And, and, uh, and fail, fail You Again was my number 11 album of 2017. Jesus Christ. I know, I know. It was super high on my list and I'm listening back to it today and it's a phenomenal, phenomenal album and I stand by. Do you remember how I rated it? Um, I don't think I rated it we, too we did, highly. I don't think we did it on the show, man. I think, I think no, I, I think we did. You sure? Yeah, because I don't didn't rate it too highly. I don't. Okay, I think that might more have been that we had a chat about it on the albums of the year show, but Maybe. I could be wrong. In any case, um, this brings us to this too won't pass, which is uh, which is out now on Pure Noise Records. Um, what are you saying about this too won't pass, Dylan? Because oh, you weren't you yeah. weren't super in on no. Value again. So has this changed your mind? Absolutely. Interesting. Like, total 180. Really? Oh, yeah. Um, huh. That may be because of the change in vocals. Yeah. Um, there's a lot to improve. Um, they, I think they have a bit more of a focus now. They're on, like, a, a stretch or a, a sprint, it seems. Because Chris Laporta, who's the singer, would have been very much the focal point of all of their work up to this point. Yeah, and his vocals before this, as you could probably remember, were pretty, pretty heavy. Oh part, yeah, snarly, snarky, gravelly, punky, and usually straining at the seams. Yeah, whereas he that was at an eleven. This is pretty sparing with that. Yeah, oh, think, he's I much think, more controlled. I think a lot of the heavy vocals in this are gang vocals, gang vocals, and which is new. That's side a, pan vocals, background vocals. That's a that's a new thing as well. Yeah, Mike and Greg and possibly Danny all contribute to that milieu and there's a huge amount on this album it's almost like a duet album at times yes, the amount true. that mm-hmm. the backing vocals trade yeah. off with Chris yeah um, and it's definitely a lighter feel of an album uh, yeah a lot of the harder edges in terms of production have been have been shaved off it's still Danny who's the um, actually used to be the drummer but he's the guitarist now okay. rhythm guitarist he's always been their producer they produce everything themselves yeah. in their house um, so the big change in production is a little surprising to me actually because yeah. it's the same team but you know it does sound a lot more polished yeah this is now punk emo with tinges of hardcore instead of punk with tinges of hardcore I would have I would have even put this straight into alternative rock actually to be honest with you I, I think it, the vestiges of of the pop punk um, there never really was much hardcore and yeah, sorry and can't swim sound but I would definitely say that they've moved into more alternative rock territory with this album yeah like akin to maybe like a thrice or something mm-hmm. um, what is it about this album that you know it's it, it, the vocal approach do you feel like the is the songs in general are stronger is it the riffs or is it the choruses yeah I think the songs really run at, at, at a sprint okay um, there's not a lot of wasted time in this album, I don't think. Um, it's just a lot catchier for me. Maybe that's because the vocals are more um, are lighter and mm. kind of understand what he's saying. Uh, there's a bit, uh, there's a bit more heart. I think. It, it, do, do, do you get any of that? Like, there's a change in. I don't know. 
Yeah, there's a change. Um, it's really interesting, actually. You're almost... It's hard to pe- pin You're down. almost articulating the exact opposite of how I feel. Really, it's hard to pin down. Um, I think there are there I are think there's moments. a different change, and yeah. it's, it's, it's just interesting to see them channel that energy to something different. Yeah, to start with the positives, I do think you're, you're right. I think there are some... Um, some really great choruses on here. I think Malicious 444 has a great chorus. Um, I think... Uh, a lot of the first tracks. Congratulations, Christopher Hodge, as well, is is definitely right up to the failure against uh, standard. Daggers. Um, uh, Amnesia 666. Yeah. Yeah. Uh, yeah, I mean, sixty six. Just a particular shout out to Andrea, who who's just come on board, I think, for this album mm-hmm. on drums, uh, and she does a wonderful job there, keeping everything really interesting yeah. in the drum, not just sort of re- falling back to the four to the floor. Yeah. Maybe that's that's something as well that got my attention. Yeah, um, I think each instrument individually got my attention, which is something I didn't remember in the last album. Yeah, I think what I loved so much about Fail You Again was how much variety there was. I love Chris the Porter. I love his his really heart-worn, like his heart-sick delivery. Yeah, um, it, it reminds... Where he sounded like he was about to fall apart on the record. Yeah, yeah, I, ca- I kind of liked it. Yeah. kind of liked it. Just for a sec. Um, and I think from track to track, there was a huge amount... Uh, even even within tracks, there was a huge amount of variety. Um, yeah. You know? And... Uh, and he, and just and just big hooks, and there were the backing vocals and the and the gang vocals and things like that. And but the the difference was that Chris was the one. If there were harsh vocals required, he was the one contributing them. I think he had a really idiosyncratic uh, screamed vocal. Didn't come out very much, but when it was there, I think it was really powerful. <laughs> Here, I think the the screamed vocals a are much more present they're on almost every track and sometimes they take up you know they could be there for 20 30 seconds at a time so actually even though i think it sounds a little the, the sonics of it are a little bit more polished i think vocally speaking it's heavier i think there's a good balance yeah, you i think there's a very very defined balance now yeah i personally i find it a bit jarring seems, especially because the, the screams are much more in that massachusetts ramshackle uh, I I don't know how to describe them, but uh, you know they're just that very. We've done ma- bands like it, Bronx, uh, some ju- other bands. Yeah, I'm not. It's not. It's not, it's really not not my favorite type of scream. Yeah. Um. It typically it's typically East East Coast hardcore that you yeah. hear it in. I thought it was yours though. That's the um, weird thing. I've, I've... Not not that not that type on this on this album. Mm. It's not my favorite type yeah. at all. I, uh, I, do you, I do you like the clean vocals though? Um, less. I, no. I I I like I liked when I really liked the fact that the first those first two albums they both have his ex girlfriend on the cover, which is just such a interesting and revealing and emotionally vulnerable thing present. to do. Yeah, 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 yeah. And um, it's like getting a tattoo of your girlfriend's name or something. Well, yeah, exactly, exactly. And um. Really and it feels like <laughs> lyrically speaking even yeah. though the lyrics didn't deal entirely with his with his relationship but they felt much more like they put you in a time and place whereas I feel like what you get here is a it, it almost feels like they were rushed into and again they're super prolific this is their third major release in three years gotta keep that in mind as well yeah yeah yeah, yeah. but I just I almost feel like these songs could have done with a little bit more time in the writing room that's just me uh, 
maybe. I, th- I, I like the I like the fact that they're probably written on the road. Yeah. Um, that gives the live uh, energy and ferocity. Like hell in the high, yeah, yeah. I agree. I I do agree with you to a certain extent. Although I think some of that explosive punk energy of the first album is missing. Hell on a handbasket is a perfect example. It's got this really light and breezy riff, really, really good verse that kind of carries you along, Mm. has loads of momentum, but it doesn't have a world-beating chorus that it needs to elevate it to another place. I don't think it needs it. I don't think it needs it. I think it's just kind of a an all kind of you know yeah a song. You know, not all songs need to have that. Yeah. That would get grating, which is what the first album did for me. Um, there you go. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Um, I didn't, I mean, the first album, like, I thought it was a 9 out of 10. I, I, you know, it, like, it was my number 11 album. Yeah. I absolutely like, adored it. Like, I this thought, this yeah. album, they still have what we got in the first album. Yeah, yeah. But they spaced it out between all this new stuff they wanted to explore. Yeah. Um, and, and I guess my favorite part for me is the fact that the singing is really nice. Um, it reminds me of a more more angsty gritty Mark Hoppus in a way from Plus 44's era yeah oh yeah there's Plus 44 on here definitely yeah. definitely and that's yeah. what raised it up for me because I like that style yeah I put it this way like this isn't is I'm really glad you like this because I care about Can't Sleep and if they came I would be the first person to buy a ticket Um, and I really and I like this I like this but am I disappointed Yes, because it's hard not to, you know, I literally been on board with Can't Sleep since day one. You know, their EP came out and I heard it the week it came out and I absolutely fucking loved it. And then Fail You Again came out not long after and I pretty much loved that from start to finish. Um, And you can't help but almost feel like you think you hear where a band is going in its sound. And on Fail You Again, I heard a band that was even more experimental and playful um, pop punk inspired, but but more experimental and more thoughtful than that. Um, with still, these I, big pop courses, yeah. I think they still are. They still got that. Yeah, They're just in a different. I vein. just wasn't expecting them to lean back so much on, you know, very simple uh, counterpoint drum and, and distorted bass verses, and then power chords come in. And I, I just it just feels a little more old school punk for me, which I kind of like. Hey, that's great. And it works for you. I'm delighted it works for you because that means it's not, that means it's just, this is just a particular variation of Can't can't Swim that I don't like as much as the previous. But am I writing them off? I think it's the Black Black Queen all over again. (laughs) Yes, that's what it is. Exactly. It's the Black Queen all over again. We had different ideas of where we maybe thought or hoped that the band could go with their sound. Yes. Would I like to hear something that's halfway between this and Failure again? Sure. I'd I'd love to hear that. You'll probably get it. Yeah, bands can go very heavy later on in their career. Um, bands like Chevelle have done that, insanely so. But sort of still hope. Yeah, and even I think like there's other bands like Anathema have done that. I think I think Alcest have done that. You know, bands that get, actually get heavier as they go on. Nightwish. What I want from yeah. Can't Swim in the future is I do want a <laughs> grittier production job. Um, I, I think Chris for me was the main draw. Um, and I don't like I don't like the level to which the backing vocals are involved on this. I don't think they're as good as he is. Um, and it's giving me. them so much airtime is, I think, a mistake. Sorry, guys. Doesn't impact me. That's fine. <laughs> That's fine. But I think from a new fan's perspective, I'm like, oh, this is whatever. This is throwing cool. a little yeah, like that's a scream like that every now and again. 
fine. But every song woven right into the fabric when you have such <laughs> oh, a strong singer he's I, such I, a strong I singer I think you've liked bands that have done that non-stop yeah but yes true but I think he is the for me Chris Aporto is the main draw of this band I love his voice and I think he's been pushed into the background a bit too much Balance Out I think I think yeah. Balance Out is the thing I think it is all right. And what you're thinking isn't. <laughs> you're, Did you expect you're, me to, you're wrong and I'm right. <laughs> Did you expect me to love this? I'm just curious. Uh, Did you expect this to be like par, a typical on, kind on par of. On with the other one. Yeah, yeah, like, like, like typical. Oh my god, this is great. Like five minutes. Comfort food. Which it done, is, yeah. kind of. Yeah. Um, I, think mm-hmm. you're, I think you're spoiled for choice. I'm not going to oh, pick no your question. I'm not going to pick your brain out, but. Uh, this is still a really good album, man. Yeah, it's not my... Put it this way, I, like, you know, Cansom, I wish them all the luck in the world and if they keep on going the way that they are, we will not have to wait very long to hear where they go from here. Um, but is this my number 11 album of 2018? No. And I don't think it's going to make it near my top 20. Yeah. Either. I'm just going to keep listening to Failure again. And bits and pieces from this. Bits and pieces yes. I like. Really like. Yes. But... Okay. On the whole, it's not really for me. Yeah, my favorite song, Firehead, please. Is tell probably. Us. Mm, that's a hard one, actually. Uh, yeah. I probably think Daggers. Okay. It's pretty fucking explosive. Nice. Yeah. Shout out to the last song. What's it? Something about Winter Cicada, is Winter it? Winter Cicada, yeah. Yeah. Um, I like that song because it, it's a new, it's new territory for them. It's a little slower. It's a little grungier, yeah. but it's not my favorite. Yeah. Um, I think congratulations, Christopher Hodge. Yeah, nice. Probably is. Um. I'm giving this an eight. Okay, cool. Yeah. I'm it's not my favorite music, but it's good. Giving it a six. That's fine. With not a huge difference between the two. Yeah, it's like you understand it. Yeah, but you've gone from lukewarm to really liking, and I've gone from loving to lukewarm. Yes. Sorry, Cansem, but we believe in you. Uh, Dylan loves this or likes really really likes this. I think that there's so much potential to grow yeah. and continue to mature as a band. I wish I didn't have to put a number on this because it's so subjective yeah absolutely put it this way to, to feeling you you may love it even more yeah like if somebody um, says to me you know well what's what's one band i might not have heard of you'd recommend i would still be like oh can't swim definitely like undeniable yeah. courses like if things. you if you're having a bad breakup yeah or somebody you'll fucking love this music yeah, if you yeah, love yeah. punk rock like that's just yeah. how music works absolutely um alrighty, that was uh this too won't pass by can't swim great um, album cover as well uh i really don't like it <laughs> I, I think it's I think it doesn't show what the music's about but I just like the colours it's yeah I, I'm fine I'm, I'm just going you're just going from two of my favourite covers of the last few years to one that I think is fine but I'm that's cool that you like it it's like a demon it's like a demon stencil on a kind of japanese japanese type of course I like it god Jeez, god fucking, fucking yeah, weeb stereotype yeah. <laughs> okay yeah. but yeah now last album and we've already run over time which is exactly what I why we didn't do the time machine this week is because I knew we were going to run over on these albums okay last album last but not least it's a big one is a big one yeah. holy hell by architects it's not exclamation it's the album yeah holy, <laughs> holy hell is the name of the album from architects and the Brighton based tech metal juggernauts I think at this point you could nearly just put, call them the metal juggernauts because they're one of the biggest bands modern metal juggernauts yeah in uh, you know of any sub- subgenre of metal and they've kind of uh, almost graduated from the tech metal subgenre but um, <clears throat> this is they're in their uh, 
what is it now I think they're in their 15th year as a band mm-hmm. it's their 8th album which is just crazy prolific when you consider you know failure for example 5 albums in 20 something years um, this is their 8th album and you know you may already know this but uh, Architects lost Tom Searle who was their chief songwriter um, guitarist and lyricist um, two years ago right yes uh, yeah just mid, over mid just, just over two years ago uh, I think it was August something 2016 um, he died of cancer skin cancer I think it was yep but yep yep and it was absolute absolute tragedy um, his brother uh, his twin brother Dan is the drummer in the band and needless to say it was a devastating blow for the rock community obviously for the band that goes without saying and there were those of us who thought this is it you know yeah, you the, don't the, recover the, from this kind of the powerhouse of the band is not with the band anymore so you know any other scenario that would be kind of what else can we do it's it's compounding it's compounding sort of trauma upon uh difficulty upon almost impossibility you know how do you continue on as a band with such a signature sound which at this point they had developed a signature sound yeah from i think from you know it was quite scattergun they went from a dillinger escape plan style on nightmare they did it was which balls is out. great it's balls um, out. to pummeling tech metal on um hollow crown and then it, they moved into almost sort of a 90s emo uh, 90s uh, 90s sort of post hardcore sound on the here and now which gets a bad rap I think it's actually pretty good same, same. and then and then from that point onwards they developed the architect signature sound which is you know melodically inspired but really pummeling mm. sort of tech metal gent inspired tech metal and that went daybreaker Move. lost together lost forever uh, and then was cemented in all our gods have abandoned us in 2016 Yes, um, you're 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 a reasonably long time fan, like myself. Is that right? Yeah, I dip in and out. Yeah, what 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 album are you most familiar with um, before probably, this? Oh, um, probably the first few. Actually, I really love the first few. Oh, like like ruin and nightmare and stuff. Yeah, the first Nightmares? three. The first three, I quite enjoy. Yeah, from the get go. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. Um, from like they have a early real, teens. Like, I love yeah, they have stuff. a real like that scrappy kind of. I yeah, I remember just you know when you're when you're kind of first getting it when you first discover like really really heavy stuff yeah and you just want it to be as heavy as it possibly can be it certainly was architects filled that gap for me but i, I yeah i really like everything they've done i've seen them live they're forced to be where they're forced forced to be reckoned with um but i think they were always kind of a b-tier band for me um in terms of like what i would listen to you know maybe um, um but all our, all our gods have abandoned us like elevated them up to that a tier for me i absolutely I thought that was a masterpiece album yeah, quite quite versatile as people yeah. musicians it showed and now um with the new guitarist i can't remember who uh, josh from. josh middleton um he's from silosis okay so another english band another great english band i've heard yeah um, kind of modern modern thrash is sort of their yeah sound um it's odd to replace something like that maybe not completely but uh yeah not he's certainly not aping the style of lead guitar he i think he just fits like a glove yeah you know yeah he josh you see the thing the great thing about it's josh hardest is job to do actually. he he has been actually part of the architect's family for quite a while i think he began filling in live guitar duties from in 2012 
So he'd had a long history of of um, collaborating with the band. So he'd obviously begun to understand the house the house style. Yeah. Um, and really, really interestingly, this album is self produced. It sounds very similar to sonically to uh, All Our Gods Have Abandoned Us, which was produced by Frederick Nordstrom. He would, have, he would have worked with Arch Enemy, Soul Work, In Flames. I'd, I'd imagine they, 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 they took notes from then on and yeah. taught themselves. Yeah. Which is pretty fucking incredible. So I would say it sounds 95% as good as one of my favourite production jobs ever, which is high praise. Yeah, I mean, I can't think of many bad things with the production. It may be a bit too loud for some people. Um, it has to be loud. This is heavy metal we're talking about. No, no I mean like... like <laughs> completely loud like like some of the faults you had with um with oh Deer, you think there's no, you don't think there's that much dynamic range uh no i think there is okay it just it, it pummels you absolutely yeah because it's not so much about like how loud it can get but and i i know exactly what you're saying but i do think this album has um has a talent for quiet and loud dynamics you know yeah, yeah. Sam oh, Carter certainly. more than any it's it's funny people often often associate um, the the sort of folding in of clean vocals into metal bands as a, a softening or a dampening of the sound um, or like a selling out or whatever but I think this is articulating yeah. a new kind of heaviness exactly yeah because it's all of a sudden the heaviness is put into much uh, sharper relief by having those sections of really well done clean singing um and and another thing that Sam Carter has developed over the years as a singer um which which he's he's relied on more and more and more as we've kind of gone from really kind of started on lost together lost forever is he has this incredible pitched scream mm-hmm. where he can he can hit notes that no male voice should be able to hit yeah. purely because he's he's using his false chords and he's he's it's a scream but he's pitched it so that it's up in the in this in the rafters. It's already in the box. Um, yeah. Devin Townsend think that kind of like that. Yeah, yeah, yeah. It's it's like a caterwaul, but he can do it. He can do it precisely, and he can replicate it over and over. He can do it live. Yeah. So the, he's got uh, a lot of energy, a lot of control. Yeah, um, and he can he can take it down to two. Oh yeah, pretty easily, and he and he can do that. he can do an atonal scream really really well. But but the choruses here live and die on his ability to hit those insane notes. Like "Death Is Not Defeat" is a good example. Um, They're all. Uh, Domination is another good example. Yeah. You know, they, actually, nearly all of them do have that like that soaring mm. chorus that works as a strength and a curse of a band like this. I think. Okay. Um, a curse of sounding a, a little too sameish at points. Um, in song style yeah that's um, the thing that's that's which yeah of the genre that is a, a, a trapping yeah you're working within a more limited uh, palette musical palette I think the only points where what is basically what a song has to do in this genre for me is it has to have some some distinguishing feature that kind of carves it out as its own thing yeah whether uh, it is spacing with unique instrumentation in between or, or a particularly or, memorable riff yeah yeah rhythms or breaks or or an off-kilter groove that you can't get out of your head yeah i think the only songs on here that don't do that are um dying to heal oh yeah uh there's another one i think it might be that's the fast one right might be modern misery 
the one that's one and a half minutes long is uh, no no that's Seventh Circle okay yeah that's that's kind of like an interlude but, Seventh, a, but a very heavy interlude yeah Seventh Circle pulls in I think probably the most of Josh's own style yeah like it's really trashy, trashy. it, it kind of sounds like it could be it's like Machine Head meets Code Orange yeah heavy metal that's that's what came to mind like I would say like like thrash metal but with that industrial hardcore that's so popular now yeah mixed in um definitely i there's only a couple there is only a couple of songs i'd say there's maybe like eight minutes total on this album where i don't feel like it's it's you know that the song is absolutely vital but i think the rest of it is really really fucking strong oh, yeah. it's almost like too much of a good thing yeah that's Th- it exactly. this is so much emotional resonance and yes. power all at once for a lot of songs <laughs> Yeah, and it's and like it's. I love al- them all equally. It's a themed album. I absolutely love them all equally. Yeah. Um, they're re- really dark, really heart wrenching stuff. Yeah. Um, to the nth degree, like as, as humanly possible as you can take grief in a heavy in metal music. Yeah, this is it in full album form. So, exactly, it's emotionally draining. Oh no, question every. I mean, there are shafts of light. Thank God. I oh mean, yeah. A lot of it is is desperation and and suffering and trying to cope with something that's impossible to cope with but at the same time you know what's that line is we, we suffer to survive on damnation is kind of that is sort of saying they, they're trying to take strength in the fact that they are all together still doing feeling, it. they're taking they're feeling something together yeah, they're still friends doing what friends do yeah and that's the one thing that i guess uh i guess he'd want them to do yeah i think i think um the the first song from that we heard from this album, we heard a long time ago, um, probably over a year ago, actually, was uh, Doomsday. And the lyrics of that album, I mean, sorry, the lyrics of that song just are among the best I've heard dealing with the, the death of a friend. And um, they're so poignant. And you just listen to them yourself. Yeah, they, they follow the steps of feeling powerless to yeah. finding something. And, and 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 just uh, just facing the issue, yeah. like, just just facing it head on, you know. They just they say the good die you know, die young. There's no use in saying what is done is done, you know. It's basically just saying your words of comfort actually don't mean anything in the face of something so catastrophic as Fut- losing futile. your best friend. You know the the linchpin of the band, whatever, all of the above. Um, and that song, a it fits in perfectly even though it was released so long ago it's indistinguishable in it's terms like of at the end almost yeah so it's yeah, it, kind of like back around to why this was created yeah and i believe that's uh yeah a lot of uh uh that lead guitar was not written by the new lead guitarist no lead guitar- uh, doomsday famously um contains a lot of mostly musical ideas that had been written yeah. by uh by tom and and sort of posthumously appropriated into a song and i believe there are there are elements of this album that are sort of leftover riffs and that that tom hadn't used i'd imagine it would be nice if they spent time with those riffs to bring them in i'd have no problem well that's what they've they've done yeah that's great that's what they've done i have no i have no issue with that it's great but that means it still sounds you know basically the ghost of like not not to, to be too crass about it but like the ghost of tom Searle is all over this album i don't think anyone would deny that you know He's the topic of all the lyrics. His potentially wrote as much as you know thirty or forty percent of the riffs. Yeah. Um, it uh. But like, can you just can you imagine that happening? And then within 
within a year, it, wa- it wasn't even a year, I don't think, that we heard Doomsday. That they were able to pick themselves up and then after a actually few, go After a few soon. months. I, I, well, I've known bands, heard of bands who, have, who do that really fast. That was so like, fast. Like getting to the studio to deal with the shit. Yeah. Kind of fast. I've seen, um, what did, uh, I think, I think that was the case with Afghan Wigs. Oh, really? Yeah. Yeah. In the studio during that or after. But they still have not released any, I mean, do you know what I mean? Like, I'm not trying to, but they still haven't that's released any posts. True. That's true. Ross. Well, yeah, po- yeah. Yeah. Rosser. Rosser, Rosser. Sorry. They haven't released any material following his death yet. And it's been 18 months. Yeah, yeah, it's been a while. It's been a yeah, while. Yeah, it just it was it was just more so the the speed at which they came out with Doomsday and and the quality is all. I mean, I just think Doomsday is the best Architect song. It's pretty spectacular. This is possibly <laughs> the best Architect's album. Um, it's, it's nothing. It's, right it's nothing there. brand new. I mean, it's it's nothing different. Really different. No, there's only a few things on here. I mean, Holy Hell has a little bit of that sort of skate punk energy. Yeah, there's there's a lot of that. There's a lot of what I see bands like While She Sleeps doing, who are yep. in the same jungle. Yeah, um, yeah, yeah. Just kind of crossing between more harsh singing and angsty singing instead of full screaming. I, yep. I like, I like the there's there's balance, there's room. Hear me out. It's again, it's in the punky vein, but I, I kind of hear almost you know that like sort of. Sp- spooky hard rock like CKY or something or Evanescence yeah. on that I'm not saying it sounds like those bands but that uh, intention almost on Holy Hell yeah. it's definitely the poppiest track on here that and Royal Beggars because Royal Beggars has such yeah. a simple playful riff that it's kind of you know. spooky lead guitar in it yeah it's like what Thought Contagion wishes it could do <laughs> right oh, yeah <laughs> you well, know the, the, um, Thought Contagion ha- is like haunt, a, haunting ugh. Hauntingly guitar on this. Yeah, but yeah, I mean, Royal Beggars again is it was an excellent choice for a single. I think because oh, yeah. because because it, it, it's so That's easy. One to, of my favorites. It's so easy to bob your head along to, but then it's got the, the clean stuff. It's got the clean bridge, which is oh beautiful. But it goes, it goes, it, it juxtaposes right next to a clean Sam Carter. Oh, he's he's singing. They've sold out into like, a repetition of the bridge that sounds like. It's just, halftime it's demonic it's almost hard to believe a human being can create those noises in that you know that repetition it's up there with my favorite heavy music this year yeah it's it's great i mean there's just some fantastic moments on this album i think uh, there's a riff in death is not defeat that is absolutely new territory for architects there's a oh yeah it is yeah do you know that um that i've it's just cringy but you know that that almost like pendulum swing riff they don't very rarely venture they very rarely venture into that sort of uh melodic power chords between the 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 genty stops and starts but they do it there and it sounds amazing yeah that that yeah that was the first thing i was like okay i'll give this a chance because i was i was hoping you know i didn't want it to entirely be genty and it wasn't no, it's not. Yeah, there's, there's so much there's, more to give. There's as much, you know. There's, there's like, there's like, as lots of other bands' influences on this, and of course, just a lot of their previous work is, um, is represented yeah. on a lot of the stuff here too. Yeah. So I think it's a, it's a success. Oh, totally. You know, it's it it's doing the impossible. It's doing the impossible, impossibly soon, 
after you know had had you well i think any later would be too late maybe but that, for that, me it all feels like a whirlwind well that's how grief works yeah and i think it, they took it at the most vulnerably uh horrible time to do it it was yeah. gonna hurt there's a good lyric in here of that kind of describes that i can't remember what it was but it's basically it's gonna hurt no no matter what yeah what you do just to uh keep it going so embrace that yeah yep and yeah. that's what this album is um incarnate the yeah i don't know i just think if you would if you if you'd asked me the day after in 2016 when i thought architect's next album would come out having just released they just had just released um all our gods have abandoned us i would have said jesus this is a blow i says if they'd ever i if they if they ever release another album i would say earliest 2019 you know that's what i would have said yeah. and probably 2020 it is not unusual to see four year gaps between albums yeah. really when you think about it so a two-year gap to keep going every two years with an album is unbelievably productive for a band especially one reeling from such a huge tragedy and overall just you know just to be honest give my honest opinion i i still prefer all our gods have abandoned us that's fair um i think that album has a a lyrical resignation to it that i've never heard on any other album i can think of where Tom Sawyer was writing basically his deepest thoughts about what he knew was the inevitable. And that is an incredibly, like that's an unprecedented thing as far as I can think of to hear on a heavy album. Um, and, you know, this this album is a really incredible way to deal with grief. It's not the only time I've ever heard a, a band struggle with grief or, or a singer or an artist struggle with grief. It's done to a really high standard here. The, and the music is definitely up to the architect standard. Mm-hmm. It's a triumph. I think All Our Gods Have Abandoned Us, for me anyway, is still their masterpiece. Yeah. I still think it's... With him, it is. I still think it's their best album, but this is the best and probably only way they could have successfully followed that up. So, you know, my hat's off to them, basically. And I'd like to see them do more. I'd like to see them live again. That's a difficult thing to do. I hope it... I saw them live when I... Half the set was... I was kind of trying to pick out you know you enjoy the sound but you don't necessarily you're not necessarily able to pick out individual songs so easily yes. um whereas if i saw them now and they played a lot of stuff of holy hell and all our gods i feel like i would just be there oh, in totally. the whole in at the whole time yeah. so i'd love to see them again um yeah what's your favorite song favorite song is probably give me a second uh ooh, that's a tough one dude there's a lot of good stuff on this i think Maybe Royal Beggars. Okay. Mixed with Hereafter. <laughs> Doing a lot of mixing this week. I don't know. No, no, I'm joking. Uh, yeah, Hereafter is very good. Holy Hell's Maiden as well. Mm. It's powerful stuff. Yeah. Well, cool. Holy Hell, because it's it's the most kind of 4-4. Four, four yeah. Kind of it's almost punk. punky. Yeah yeah, yeah, yeah. That was cool. Um, And 10. This is 10. Cool. I think, uh, I, it, I think Doomsday's Architect's best song. Um... It's got this riff that makes you want to dance without at all compromising what it's going for emotionally. Um, and it also manages to do something which is really difficult, which is to shift up a gear after a chorus. Normally, the one thing you want to do is go back down after a chorus. But um, 
after the chorus it goes into that no matter what they say and and the, the snare goes double time and every time I hear that I just like snap my neck mm-hmm. it's so great mm-hmm. I love it uh, it's yeah it's it's think it's our best song and it's my favourite song on this album I'm going to give it a 9 yeah that's fair okay um, so Holy Hell by Architects it's a wonderful album um, and it's a it's a sort of a, 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 a what would you say like a goodbye letter to a friend yes. that is very very well written yes. to show them they can still do what they got. Oh my goodness, that was a long show, huh? Oh, yeah. But we knew it was going to be. That's yeah. you know, we we that's why we, as I say, that's why we we cut we we were going to cover an album, we an extra album, we didn't because we knew we were going to have to give all these albums enough time to really dig into them. So yeah. uh, thanks for sticking with us on this journey. So we have a little bit of news. Um, as far as I know, our podcast is now available on Spotify. Yes, on the old spoofy. Yep. So you can you can now follow our playlist that we use to uh, to do research for the show and listen to the albums um, uh, by searching Kill Shuffle on Spotify. You can also find the show by searching Kill Shuffle on Spotify, iTunes, uh, Stitcher, Player FM, or whatever podcast service you use, um, and. We will see you for the final show, for the for the penultimate show, for the final review show of the year. Yes. In just under two weeks. I don't know what's going to happen. <laughs> I don't know what's going to be on the show. Anything can happen on yeah. Kill Shuffle. <laughs> Probably some Japanese stuff, that's why. Oh, God, no. <laughs> see you again. See you.